Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. I am so excited that you guys are here, and I am even more excited for today's incredible episode. We have a guest this week, and now that I'm reflecting on it, I don't know if I've had been this excited to interview someone, and I say excited because... I think if you know the lore of this person, you would understand, but this week's guest is none other than the notorious Caroline Calloway. And if you guys don't know who Caroline Calloway is, she, I mean, it's a little bit, I don't even know, like in my own words, how to describe her, but if you don't know who she is and you're not willing to dive into this episode without knowing, I would recommend some required reading. I would read articles about her and then I would read the article in the cut that her ex-best friend Natalie wrote and then I would read Caroline's uh, article that she wrote her rebuttal article or just her essay that came after the piece Natalie wrote in the cut I just think that will give you a pretty good idea of Caroline Calloway's world and who she is but in so many words she's a writer and an Instagram content creator internet content creator I actually found out who Caroline Calloway was in 2019 when the cut piece came out. I think a lot of people might have had a similar uh, experience of figuring out who Caroline Calloway is. And I had actually followed her already. I think because someone recommended I followed her, but it was an idle follow. I wasn't super invested. And then um, I, I saw that cut article, read the whole thing and was like, wait a second. I think I followed this girl, went back, stalked her to the bottom. The posts that she used to make are no longer up. She has sort of like relaunched her Instagram. And I was like, okay, this is definitely a crazy situation, a wild experience to be alongside of as a reader or viewer and just really, really interesting and nuanced. Um, and Caroline is has just come out with her debut book, Scammer. The cancellation and allegations that Caroline has faced are largely in part rooted in scamming and being a scammer. And she has been called a scammer on numerous occasions for numerous reasons in numerous ways, which you can read about or you will hear about. And so she kind of co-opted this title and she wrote her debut first book called Scammer. I have read it. I was able to receive a copy of it. And I mean, one thing about Caroline Calloway that I 100% can confidently say is that she can write. Her style of writing is the exact style of writing that I am drawn to as a reader. She is very Babbitts in nature. She is very prosy. She's almost like a super controversial and outspoken and provocative female Hemingway. And I say that with the utmost confidence. The book is fucking good. There's been a lot of reviews of the book so far and I co-sign them. Um, They've all been amazing because she can write. Um, And there's also been things that people have said about the book in other ways as well. And I think the opportunity to interview Caroline for me was a lot about wanting just to see kind of what goes on in her own head and in her own mind and I don't know, this the stuff that she has gone through coupled with the allegations and cancellations that she's faced coupled with her own like personal creativity and method behind creating and writing is just interesting to me. She's a really interesting person to me from afar. I had actually never met Caroline, never spoken to Caroline. We'd never been mutuals on anything before. She storied that she was trying to come on some podcasts and a lot of people DM'd me asking to have her on. And then she had also asked somebody that I'm friends with to connect us at the same time. Um, And so I just thought, why not? Let's see if I can, you know, ask Caroline some questions she hasn't been asked before because she's been interviewed a million times. Again, we do jump right into the interview and because there's so much history with everything in Caroline's world and her history, I would recommend just like reading up whatever you want to read. Um, some of her writing, some other articles, just so you can get a vibe for who she is, especially because her Instagram page that started everything is no longer active in the same way. So I would recommend that. Um, but before we get into the interview, I just wanted to give you guys a couple of updates. I am leaving for Europe on Saturday and I will be in Italy and then London. I'll be gone for 19 days, um, most of July and my 25th birthday. 
Very crazy, very exciting. I'm definitely nervous for traveling given everything going on, but just immensely grateful and I'm so excited. I will be putting out some episodes while I am away. So this week's episode obviously is going to be Caroline and then next week we're going to do a Ronnie recap in London and I'm also going to record one more episode in London for my birthday week. But I am just so excited for the trip to kind of unplug a little bit. If you're not already following me on threads, fucking follow me because that does not count as unplugging. Threads has not impacted my mental health in any negative way as of yet. You never know with the internet. Um, It can always surprise you. I hope you guys had an amazing week, weekend off, day off, if you had that opportunity and privilege to relax and rest and all the things. It's so fucking hot in New York right now. I think a lot of us are getting sort of like the fatigue of summer, but ultimately I think it's going to be okay. I went to Montauk. I came back. We were with Andy Cohen for a sec there. Fucking Sarah Jessica Parker sent me a letter. Like, I feel like my brain is, I need to take my brain off and like out of my head and like soak it in like a warm bubble bath. And then I'm going to put it back in my head. Like, that's what I want to do right now. I feel so disconnected from reality. So I'm really excited just to like see my boyfriend and be, I don't know, just be away from the hustle and bustle for a little bit. And I feel so excited about that. I don't have like a ton of other crazy updates. I've really just been getting ready for my trip and spending time with my family. Uh, Please follow me on threads and keep up with me on the internet. Let me know if there's any specific content you want to see. If you guys are in Italy or London and we see each other, please say hi. I promise I don't bite. And I think without further ado, I'm going to let the interview do the rest of the talking. I really tried to just let Caroline tell her story as much as possible and and her version of events because I think we've heard a lot of different versions of events as it relates to everything that's gone down with her. And I was really excited to just kind of get in her head and especially after reading Scammer, um, kind of see, see where all of that came from. And if you are interested in reading the book, you definitely should. Caroline can really fucking write. And I look forward to her hopefully putting out more books into the future. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I love you guys very much. Sending you a hug and a kiss from afar. And I will talk to you soon. Caroline Calloway, welcome to the podcast. This is this is a very crazy full circle for me. And I'm going to tell you why because I'm really excited to give you the full inside scoop of how I sort of discovered you. But welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. And I like my guests to introduce themselves. I just feel like it's more authentic that way. And they can get across, you know, the most important parts or what they find to be the most important parts. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself. And I'm so excited to have you. My name is Carolyn Calloway. And I am a con artist, emphasis on artist. And a writer who has famously never written a book until now. And my very first book, Scammer, just dropped two weeks ago. I had the great privilege of reading Scammer um, and most of it. I'm almost done. I think, you know, it's, it's so crazy that you've never written a book until now because so many people think of you as a writer. And oh. <laughs> Scammer is good. You can Thank write you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really I, I have, of it. I have so many things that I want to ask you, but I'm curious, like, did you feel a greater need to prove yourself in this writing specifically comparatively to anything else that you've ever written before, just largely in part due to everything that's happened up until this point? Oh, yeah. I really, I mean, Natalie, my ex-best friend who wrote a very viral um, tell-all for the cut, did like a really masterful and successful job in 2019 of like convincing most of the English speaking world. And honestly, even like there are many articles um, about me in foreign languages that I've never had the heart to Google translate, but she did a good job convincing a lot of people that I had never written that a word of the Cambridge captions that made me famous. And she did a really a really compelling job of like positioning herself as like the brains behind my brand and that I was just like the face of it. Like I was just the girl in the photos and had just nothing intellectual to, um, to offer. So I felt a huge need to prove myself. I've, I was so stressed to be honest. I'm so glad you like it. I'm I'm so pleased with how the book came out. Yeah. So 
I have to tell you the way that I sort of like, it's really interesting because I had followed you on Instagram, but it was more of like an idol follow pre 2019 where sweet I had, I had you as someone I followed, but it wasn't like something I was entirely invested in, nor did I like fully know everything about who you were. And then one day I was just like scrolling through Instagram and it was like seven o'clock at night and the cut article, the cut had posted the article on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I started reading it. And then I was like, wait, who are they talking about? Like, who is the person that they're talking about? It's kind of confusing for me to like understand the backstory of whatever this is without knowing who this person is. So I went to look you up in my phone and realized I'd already followed you. And that is when I started to go all the way back, all the way back, all the way back, all the way back to like deep first ever Instagrams that you had posted and spent the whole night reading every single caption and going through the whole thing because I was like, I don't really know fully who this person is. And I can't put any of this into context without that. But I feel like there's a great lore to your account. And like, there's like a Caroline Calloway universe that I feel like oh, once yeah. you get, once you're like in the tidal wave of it, you're there. Like, it's I feel crazy. like I've done a very good job um, world building and, and producing lore for the, the CC extended cinematic universe for sure. And I'm sure those first few days, like after that piece came out, were like just dark and not, not good at all. But in hindsight, do you ever look back on it and wonder like where you would be career wise without that scandal for lack of a better phrase? You know, I think I would be, yeah, I honestly get asked this question a lot and I sometimes get like, I have to remind myself to like, that not everyone else is like inside my brain. And I feel very like core to who I am is my, um, my, I think I have two talents. I, I think I'm a great writer and I think I'm a really great publicist. And like, I think a lot of, a lot of people would have been wrecked by like some of the cancellations that I've been through instead of like, emerging out the other side with like rave reviews of their first book. Like I, I think I, I did a really good job navigating through that scandal. And, you know, I've been on the internet for 10 years and my first five years was as a fairy tale at Cambridge. And I created that fame and that news coverage out of thin fucking air. And so sometimes I get a little sad or exasperated. Maybe it's the right word when people are like, don't you feel like Natalie put me on the map? like put you on the map, like, where would you be without her? And I'm like, fuck that. Like I created fame out of the ether once. And I have had to expend so much energy, just keeping my head above water, reputation wise, dealing with the damage, like putting out the fires that she brought into my life. And I, I think I would be much better off, honestly, had she never written that article, I think I would have had to spend so much less, not just like professional and intellectual energy towards, um, towards like saving my brand, but God, all the hours that like, I just spent sad as a human being, like outside of doing my job, like I would, no, I I don't think I'm better off because of the article. I think I could have managed just fine on my own. And I think I've, you know, I think I've proven myself with, you know, how I was able to create my brand alone at Cambridge and how I was able to survive like pretty intense cancellations Mm. Um, that, yeah, that I'm a publicist capable of garnering my own attention without needing someone to write a vicious tell all in order to like give a spot, put a spotlight toward my name, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So the decision then to like lean into scammer and like make that the title of like your first ever book, a book that is so raw and vulnerable and brave and just like the prose are so beautiful. I'm curious, like what the decision looked like to lean so truthfully into that, given sort of the sadness that you expressed toward, you know, what you went through when that was projected onto you or placed onto you as a title. Yeah, that's a really thoughtful question. And I really, yeah, you're, I wish more people asked me that because it was so hard. Like I obviously, obviously don't think of myself as a scammer. Like I, when it's just me and like my friends and family, like I think I'm like actually like a pretty, pretty not scammy person all in all. I think I'm, you know, I'm flawed like everyone else, but I'm also like 
loving and generous. And it was really frustrating having to like swallow my pride and just sort of put on my, my publicist hat and be like, okay, what do I need to do? What is, what is the reality I need to grapple with and how best can I address the reality in front of me? And when I, my ex-best friend sold that tell-all, um, when I went viral for these creativity workshops, um, she reached out to the, the cut, she pitched them. Um, and she, she chose that moment to like, sort of, uh, capitalize on, on what I was going through with the creativity workshops, but I didn't know that. And I wouldn't know that until our article came out. But what I did know was that the way that I was dealing, how I was dealing, going, viral as a scammer for the creativity workshops was not working. Like the method that I was trying was to treat it as if, as if the scammer allegations were coming from like a close friend instead of strangers on the internet. Like I tried to imagine where the other person was coming from. I tried to hear them out. I tried to apologize and it just made everything so much worse. Like you can't treat, you can't treat a a large audience the way you would a one-on-one relationship. And so when Natalie's article came out, I, I had known from trying it that spring that this approach didn't work. So I tried a new approach, which was I posted nonstop about that article every day for the 10 days leading up to its publication. I leaned into it as much as it pained me, like in private moments with people who really know me to like be like, yeah, I am a scammer. What of it? I knew that in terms of being a successful entertainer um and a successful well, entertainer is like maybe the wrong word but a, a successful a successful cultural presence um is that you need to just you need to just swallow whatever personal reservations or pride you have over the whole thing and just do what's best for for PR and sometimes that's not like you know your first instinct or even what you want to do at all. Do you think that the Caroline Calloway that we know from the internet and the Caroline Calloway that you know that you are, are two separate entities in a way? And how does the book play into that internet persona versus, as you say, you know, like the people that were so close to you in those moments who truly deeply knew you and what you were going through versus what you were presenting online versus this book? Like how do all three of those kind of versions of yourself interact? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's possible to like ever really know someone through a parasocial relationship. And it's tough because it's like, when you're like people on the internet who know you versus real life, it's like, well, what part of the internet? Like, are you talking about like people on Reddit who think I'm like evil incarnate and like need to be like in jail? Or are you talking about, I don't know, people who maybe more thoughtfully, like, and healthfully engaged with my content in a way that, like, isn't so all-consuming and negative and toxic. Like, I, I definitely think there's there's a way to engage with, I don't know, the, the stuff that I put out on the internet that is, like, pretty good as parasocial relationships go. I'm sure you feel that with your listeners. Like, they'll never be able to fully know you the way that people who spend a lot of time with you in person do. But, like, you can really give it your best effort to, like, make a podcast that's true to you and to just sort of, you know, in good faith, like, try to put the real version of you out there. And I wasn't always good at doing this. When I was at Cambridge, I was dealing with a crippling Adderall addiction. And although I didn't lie about, you know, going to these balls and being in these castles, like I was there, I took the photos, but I, I really left out a lot of the darker things that I was dealing with, like suicide and addiction and my father's mental health issues um, were weighing heavily on me at that time. And yeah, I really lied by omission because I just felt a lot of shame and I wanted to be liked and I didn't want people to judge me. And then, and then everyone judged me a lot. So I sort of got over it pretty fast and, um, or I, or had to learn how to cope. I wouldn't say I'm like perfectly over it. I, I would say that I, I'm just better at coping now, but, and now I think I, I think what I present online 
but especially in my writing is really like, I mean, I really try online. I try to hold something back because I don't think, I think I've paid my dues in terms of like being at the internet factory for day after day for 10 years and like giving away content for free. I feel like I'm finally able to sort of like enjoy my retirement from having to create that sort of like soul bearing digital content. But in my book, I feel like I just like, I left it all, all all on the court. Like I tried to just give it every scrap of me. And although no book will ever be equal to in-person time, I really, I can't imagine how I could have tried harder to, to like bottle myself up inside of that book and give it to people and to be like searingly honest Okay, guys, we're going to talk about one of our partners now. And I'm so excited about this one. You guys know that I've been just trying to be healthier, like physical health wise with my diagnosis with PCOS and endometriosis. I've just been like, I really need to take control of my health. I feel like it was such a privilege before that I kind of didn't think about it. But now I'm really thinking about it. I take AG1 literally every single day. I gave it a try because I didn't want to take a whole ton of different pills and vitamins because I already have to do that. I wanted something streamlined and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes good. And I've also been looking for a way to just increase my energy and get better sleep. And very quickly, I did notice that it helped me with improved digestion. My hair feels shinier. It was supporting my sleep cycle way better. And I was like, why take a bunch of different stuff to do this when I can just mix one scoop of powder into water once a day and drink it and it actually tastes good. It's literally just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day. And I feel like a lot of people think something like AG1 has been recently trending. And while it has, it's also been part of millions of mornings since 2010. And every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole foods sourced ingredients. And it's just... I'm just feeling so good lately, mentally, physically, like let's all pop off. So if you want to be hashtag twinning and you're looking for a way to up your supplement game, just like me, AG1 is giving you a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. You can go to drinkag1.com slash Eli to get those perks. That's drinkag1.com slash Eli. Let's all pop off together, guys. Love you. Thanks, AG1. Yeah, I think being someone who has followed you online and then having the ability to read the book, I feel like there's a wholeness to you present in the book that maybe we don't get from the Caroline Calloway universe on the internet that, that I think that honesty really does shine through in a really like forward facing way. Thank you. That's so kind of you. I really, really appreciate that. Do you ever want to write a book or haven't you written a book? My manager was gesturing yes. me. Yes, I, I'm, also a writer and I I definitely feel that look oh my god tell me everything about your book what's it about <laughs> it's a uh, personal essays and oh, it, like love. kind of immediately love a memoir it, girly is my favorite kind of girly let's go we, we love it it's it's the it's the best it's the best way to write for me oh, um but it's personal essays, it follows the life cycle of a relationship from being alone to being alone again um using some of my uh, TikTok lists that I make. I'm very big with listicles on the, on the internet. Oh um, my, we FaceTimed before this, I've seen your list on TikTok. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why do I know this girl? Like I, I, <laughs> I yes, you make those little, like in the notes app. Yes. 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 And, and, and so, you like green screen yourself and then you make lists. Yes. That's me on TikTok. So yes. it's very much so in that style. Wow, it turns out me and my manager are both huge fans of you. <laughs> At home listening, I have never seen my like straight white male manager like fangirl more over like a random email that he was CC'd on. Like when That's I asked so funny. You will not fucking believe this, but someone is setting off fireworks. Because of course they are in a fucking parking lot. Because I'm in Because of course Florida. they are. Yeah, because because <laughs> Florida. But um so it, just if you're wondering if those were gunshots, um, it's the happier kind of popping noise that you get in this godforsaken state, which I love so much, but is run by Republicans. Um, but I digress. Um, my manager has CC'd on this email and replied to all of us and was like, oh, my gosh, um, is it Eli Rallo? Am I saying that right? Yes. OK. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like randomly like. Ellie, the strangest spelling of Ellie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he was like, oh my gosh, Eli Rallo, like 
what a pleasure to see your name in my inbox. Like I, my wife and I are like a fan of your book. And I was just like, Adam, like what is happening right now? I love it. But it turns out we're both fans. So who was I to, uh, little did I know I, I'd also soon enough be fangirling over the list. (laughs) I love it. The lists are a classic, but I, I totally understand what you're saying about the honesty that kind of is like required of you and how like, I don't know, I feel like how vulnerable you have to be in a much different way from posting online in a book. Yes, yes, totally. And I, I also just think it's like received better. Like if I, people just, it's just a different beast. Like, you know, books are so magical because they're just they're, they're their own little universe, you know, and it's just like this little world of quiet contemplation in a way that even a movie or um, listening to music is not. I mean, your mind can wander, is free to wander, even during a movie, but during a book, like you're just laser focused one word at a time on like just exactly, it, it's like mind control for the author. They get to just take over your mind. And I think it's just people are able to be a lot more thoughtful and a lot less performative and a lot less reactive when dealing with really nuanced, complicated, dark subjects in a way that we're just incapable of doing online. Cause it's also, it's sort of a stage and you you comment so other people can see it and to get likes and you post. And it's just, even though you are doing a lot of reading on social media, it's also a lot of, um, like social theater. And I just, yeah, the stuff I put in the book, it's so raw. The Washington Post called it, in addition to calling it a masterpiece, which my God put that on my fucking tombstone, but they said that it was um, raw as a wound, which I really, which I really is just exactly what I wanted someone to think after reading this book. All right, y'all, let's talk about one of our sponsors. You know that I've been in my wellness girl era, but like not in a toxic way. I've just been trying to be a little bit healthier. And part of that journey has been hydration. And I have been using Element, okay? That's L-M-N-T, Element. Element just helps me stay hydrated without a ton of additives or sugars that are found in other electrolyte style drinks that I feel like end up making me feel a lot worse. Whether I'm hungover or just having a really long day or I'm working out, I just feel so much more hydrated with Element. Element is an electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research revealing that optimal health outcomes occur at sodium levels two to three times government recommendations. Each little stick pack delivers a meaningful dose of electrolytes free of artificial artificial colors or other dodgy ingredients. What I'm really loving about this is that I can take it on the go. So when I'm out and about, it can just be in my purse and it's absolutely amazing. And if you needed another reason to start using Element, they are the exclusive hydration partner to Team USA weightlifting and many Olympic athletes. So like the athletes are using them. Same with NFL, NBA, NHL. Around 30% of the NFL is drinking Element out of orange and green bottles. Currently, my favorite flavor is raspberry salt. You guys know I love something salty. Like, it's so absolutely delicious. And Element has come up with an amazing offer for our community. You guys can go to drinkelement, drinklmnt.com slash miscongeniality for a free sample pack with any purchase. And remember, definitely try that raspberry salt flavor. It's so good. I don't know, y'all. Let's get more hydrated. I know we need it. Love you. I find it so interesting because I feel like specifically the way Natalie presented the relationship was much different than your truth that you give through this, through these stories. And I think that it maybe could have been assumed in some way from, you know, the categorization of, of your relationship that maybe there was something else there, but it's so interesting that you were painted as, you know, the beautiful, popular one, and she was the brains behind the, the images. Wait, and- wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you right there. Let's get one thing clear. Like, Natalie, like, Natalie was beautiful and popular. She was, like, she was voted uh, captain of the varsity soccer team, which is, like, an elected position because she's so yeah. charismatic, so uplifting, a natural leader, so charismatic, so commanding. And she also, like, she came from a family that had like a beach house and lived in Connecticut and like her mom worked for Yale and her 
father was a writer and like her little sister went to Brown and like she was like a nepotism baby. Like her aunt is still, I think, the editor in chief of O Magazine and has been for like 15 years. And like she gave Natalie her first writing job when we were in college, like reviewing books for O and like and it was just Natalie's approach always. And we talked about this. Um, we talked about this openly that like people hate, she told me this flat out. And this is in the book in scammer that people hate the rich and long form, long form prose. So you have to make yourself the plucky underdog. And like Natalie, Natalie's it's the irony, the irony that I once lied about my life by omission only to like, then have my ex-best friend, like, do it again to me to also, even though I was finally, like, amphetamine sober, I'd been through, like, drug recovery. Like, I was no longer an addict. Like, I was working on paying back and eventually would pay back, like, the $100,000 I owed publishers. And just when I was finally getting my life into, like, a really honest, truthful place and, like, making good on on a lot of mistakes that I'd left open-ended during my addict years, but this ex-best friend came along and once again, like sold my life story by lying by omission. Like in a way I almost can't even be too angry since I myself made that mistake once, you know, like how angry can I be at something that at a, at a, you know, at an, a mistake I also made. And so of the many things she lied about, she was very popular. She was very pretty. She was much richer than me, much more socially well-connected than me. She um, also did a great job lying about, we wrote captions for an audience of, so I bought my first 40,000 followers on Instagram. And before I went to Cambridge, before I moved to England or started there, we wrote captions for an audience of 40,000 bots. Like no one read what we were writing. Like it was, we published like one line jokes for an audience of no one. And then over the next three years, we sort of lost touch. I got my degree at Cambridge or I almost got my degree. Um, and alone, I wrote all these captions about Cambridge that would eventually make me famous. Alone, I built this commu community online. And then right before I was going to graduate, I found out that I, my dad wasn't paying tuition anymore and I immediately needed money. I also needed money for drugs, but, um, I, it's more noble to focus on the tuition, but, um, but I needed the money tomorrow. And so I hired her again to write this document that only publishers saw. And so she did this amazing job of like zooming over the two to three years where I built the Cambridge brand without her. She was only ever there like before the Cambridge brand, before it existed. And then sort of like to reap the, reap the harvest of it, um, of just like writing this document that was like industry facing, only insiders saw it, like not a single fan ever saw the book proposal we wrote. Yeah. I, I have one more question about her and then I want to move on to more book facing things that maybe don't include Natalie as the center no, I'm of the conversation. About it. Um, but my one question is there's, there, there was a competitiveness between the two of you, I think. And, you know, you have said that one of your things was that you weren't going to, you weren't going to be, you weren't going to let her have, have her book out into the world before you had a book out into the world. Do you feel that there is still a competitiveness that you feel with her, even though so much time has passed and, you know, you guys are obviously not friends anymore. Do you feel obviously. still a competitiveness? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I, yeah, I do. And do you think, you do you think that that played into, your writing process with this book at all. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny. I, Natalie is such a angry person and like, she has so much like seething rage inside of her. I, and you know, we all have flaws. I'm, I'm disorganized. I, I have a tendency to, um, dream big without really like thinking through the steps. Like, you know, 
like I, I figure out the process after I come up with like the vision, like, which is not, I don't recommend it. It's not a great way to work, but, um, she has just a lot of rage, but she also like bottles it all up and hides it behind a smile. And I think one strength that I value about myself that she doesn't have is I think, you know, eight, seven years ago when we, when I really had an Adderall problem and we knew each other, like I was definitely not the more, um, emotionally stable friend. I was, I was pretty much just, just in this life for the pills then. But I think I, at 31, I think I really grew up to be strange. I know I'm the one with a book called Scammer, but I think I definitely grew up to be the more honest one. And I think, I think we're both still competitive, but I think I'm the only one who talks about it openly. And I, I mean, for me, the anger was so like, I think undirected anger can be really destructive, but like anger combined with a purpose can be so constructive, you know, like anger, anger is a really, um, motivating emotion. And I, was so specifically angry the third time she tried to sell me out. It's funny, the when she first sold that piece to the cut, so when I went viral as a creativity workshop, when I found out that she had done that, it took, I wasn't even that upset. In, in a weird way, I felt like I had let her down so, I think many at former addicts carry so much shame and guilt about the people that they were, that in a way, like, punishment feels good because it it feels like, you know, a sort of attrition for like how you fucked up. So in a strange way, when she sold me out that time, I was like, I'm, I deserve this. I deserve this pain. And then when the second time she sold me out was two days after her article came out, my father's body was found. Um, he had killed himself and I, was just, I mean, I was already a, a mess behind the scenes, what with the public shaming. But then, like, having to deal with the grief of my father's suicide, I was beside myself. And, you know, what I really wanted was, I wanted to talk to Natalie, and I, I thought maybe because, because my fucking father had just killed himself, that, like, I thought maybe she would come out in an interview and just, like, give me back the Cambridge captions. Um, I know that sounds like kind of an irrational thought process, but like I wasn't really in a rational place. Like I was really grief stricken and I really just, I wanted my fucking writing back. Like I wanted my brand back. Um, if I couldn't have my dad, like at least give me my, like my art and give me my authorship and my voice back. And I just thought maybe if I talked to her, like she would just, she I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it doesn't really make sense, but that's what I was thinking. So I contacted her two days after her cut article came out being like, can we talk on the phone? And we hadn't spoken since, um, the last time we had spoken was when, well, I guess a couple of weeks ago when she had told me the article was coming out. But in terms of like the last time we spoke big picture was when I made amends as part of like my drug recovery program. Um, and she was like, actually, I really wanted to talk to you as well. I've been wanting to talk to you. Like I was just going to talk to you. And I was like, oh my, oh my God, no way. Like, what are the chances? Like, maybe she's also having like a change of heart. Like maybe she thinks that she's like really gone too far. Like by, you know, I, I always felt like lying by omission and creating and creating the most sellable version of my life was a huge mistake. And I thought maybe Natalie was having that same realization, you know, like she'd, it was most sellable for her to be the the mousy, dowdy, unpopular, poor friend. And now she realizes that she's like, what has she done? Um, like this is getting out of control. So we get on the phone and we talk about my dad's death and she's really sweet. And then she asks me, um, how are you doing for money? I think she phrased it like exactly like that. How, how are you doing with money? Are you okay with money? She framed it in like a really like, you know, I'm concerned about you. You have a lot on your plate sort of vibe. And she offered me this deal, um, which was $15,000 and her friendship, her, her complete forgiveness. If I just signed my life rights away to her 
she was very vague about it. She sort of made it sound like we'd both be getting $15,000, but I'd later find out that Netflix was actually offering her $1 million if they if she could get me to sign my name and like uh, permission to use my image and everything from my life story over to this Netflix deal. And if they couldn't get the Caroline Calloway element in I was Caroline Calloway, the option for her article would only be worth 100000 so if she could just get me to sign, it would be a $900,000 paycheck for her. Yeah. I ended up not signing, um, and she ended up only getting the one hundred grand. But that was the second time that I felt like she really used me. And to be totally fucking for real with you, I wasn't even that angry then because I just had so much other shit to deal with. Like, I was just so sad about my dad that just, like, and I was so scared about, you know, all the all the trauma of the cancellation, all the millions of, I mean, maybe not millions, let's be realistic, thousands of comments and DMs just saying all sorts of vile shit. Like it's, it really is a kind of trauma and just like being angry at Natalie for like trying to use my father's suicide to strike a deal. Just like, didn't even, I just didn't even register. I, I know it should have, but it just, I had bigger fish to fry then. But the third time that she tried to sell me out was actually the time that I got really angry about it. And it was what really helped me push through my like writer's block and this like creative paralysis that I've been having to come out with this book before hers. I, over this past winter, someone leaked to me the proposal that she used to like sell her book. And this proposal is full of my fucking name. It this has been four years since her cut piece. And in the proposal, she's like, I'm going to talk about more about Caroline's addiction. There are going to be these essays about her. The book ended up being less about me, but she sold the book and got the book deal by saying that she would expand the cut article with even more lurid details. She would um, discuss her own latent bisexuality and how that played into our dynamic. And honestly, this was just like the last fucking straw for me. I was just like, I saw this in early 2023. And at this point, the cut article had been four years ago in 2019. And I was just like, God fucking damn it. Like, like get your own fucking life. I am so pissed that you are still using me in this way. Like I'm not out here trying to sell anything with your first and last name because I don't need to use photos of other people to like get attention. And it just, it made me really angry. And it also spurred me into work. And the result of that anger was uh, completing my book, literally like two days before she came out with hers. And, and completed yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I completed it and I made a great book, which I'm really, really proud of. But yeah, that, I do feel competitive and I feel, I, I know she does too, whether or not she talks about it. Okay, guys, we are going to thank some of our partners today. You know that I was just talking about how my boyfriend and I are constantly overheating in our sleep, and we found the most incredible solution. And that solution is Miracle Made. I am so excited that they are a sponsor today. I cannot even describe it to you guys. So I have some facts for you, obviously. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? Well, I didn't, and it makes so much sense. If you are like me and you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend checking out Miracle Made's bed sheets. They are inspired by NASA and Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding. So you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. These like silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that Miracle Made sheets have are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every single night. And I can definitely tell that we are both already getting better sleep. Also, also it's better for your skin. Sleeping on bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne, and you just sleep so much cleaner with Miracle Made. You guys can go to trymiracle.com slash miss That's T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash miss to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use the promo miss, M-I-S-S, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. I am such a huge fan of Miracle Made. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Everybody needs to go upgrade their sleep right now at trymiracle.com slash miss. Love ya. 
I, I want to talk about the dedication of your book. Yeah. If, if we can, I, you know, it, there's not much there. It's just a few words, but I would yeah. love to hear a little bit about your decision. And I'm curious if, if you've had, what kind of connection you've had to this person that you dedicated this book to and, and, and sort of your reasons. So I dedicated the book to Lena Dunham and, you know, a lot of people hate her, but you know, a lot of people hate me and Taylor Swift likes Lena Dunham. So I really don't think mother Swift can be wrong. And also I just, I think we're so fucking, we're still just so fucking sexist when it comes to messy, complicated women. And I just have endless empathy and respect for Lena Dunham. And most importantly, why I made her the dedication of my book. That's just how I feel about her as a artist and cultural figurehead. But I made her the dedication of my book because so when Natalie was doing all those that Netflix deal stuff, I got my own deal um, because I didn't sign hers. And that deal was with Lena Dunham to write a script about my life and direct it. And she wrote the script. The script exists. It's brilliant. But the thing is, like, I honestly have very little control over whether or not it gets made. And a very real thing that could happen is that we end up just going with, like, a different showrunner because they just, like, throw more money at the project. And, like, the pro- it's not even, like, a greed thing on my part. Like, I'm talking about, like, the, the budget of what they're giving to the shoot because I just think – you know, money's not the end all be all, but at a certain point, like having that extra budget for a project, like it, it makes it a lot more, um, viable for everyone involved. Like at a certain point, Lena needs like a certain amount of money for it to make sense to her. And so the only thing I have control over, I won't get to choose who they cast. I won't get to choose whether they use Lena's script or if they go with a totally different studio. Uh, really the only thing I can control is my book. So I just want to make it clear that I am team Lena, team Lena's script, and I hope they fucking make it. So that's why I dedicated it to her. It was just, it was just one of the only things in my control when it comes to the movie rights is the dedication of my book. Everything else is dealt with agents in LA and they really only tell me what's going on. It's not like I'm on these calls trying to figure it out with them. Sure. So and I guess like on the other end of the equation, the dedication is the beginning. But when people finish this book, what do you want people to take away from this? Because I feel like you've there's been so much content in the last few years from you in different mediums about different things. But this is arguably the most important thing to you and has been. What do you want people to walk away with? You know, the number one thing I want them to feel is less alone. Like, I don't know about you. And I want to hear more about the, what happened with this relationship in your book. I just feel like I read and I write because I've always thought that like books are probably the purest antidote to loneliness. Like, I love how you can just, you know, I, I just love that they make you feel less lonely and I, if anyone came away with anything from the book, like it honest to God wouldn't be to like me more. Although like the vain part of my heart certainly wishes that as well. The number one thing would just be that or I don't even want you to learn anything. Like, I don't think I'm like, <laughs> you know, a role model with like a guru life lessons to teach. Like my God, like I'm such a chaotic bitch, but um, I just hope that they felt less alone while they were reading it. And I just hope that they, at least for a little while, just felt like they had company, you know? Yeah, I really love that. Do you do you want to do more books? And if so, are you going to depart from, like, do you feel like this is the chapter of Caroline Calloway as a scammer closing? And do you think that in the future, books that you create and things that you create will be a departure from, you know, everything that's happened since 2019? Or do you think it's going to be like more of an extension. You know, I think, um, I'll be so honest with you right now. I am going to, I'm going to harp on my past a little bit more. Um, 
for two books more, to be honest, or harp on my past is the wrong way to phrase this because it's like you're a memoirist. What else are you going to harp on? But I, I want to put out by the end of the summer or the fall, um, what I'm calling the Instagram trilogy. And it's really like, there's this word in Latin called juvenilia, which it means like, a a writer's younger works, like things that they made before they like reached their mature voice. And for me, I really want to put out, I wrote a response during the pandemic to Natalie's essay. I was Caroline Calloway. That was called, I am Caroline Calloway. And I like plopped it behind a paywall for like, I think like $5 a pop or something. And I raised um, like $50,000 for doctors who needed face masks. And I really am proud of that essay. It was a good essay. And I want to put that essay in a book. And I also, since not a single other person owns a single, the copyright to a single word of my Cambridge captions, I also want to put out a book called The Cambridge Captions that will just be a collection of all my early Instagram work because it's mine and I own it. And I was very inspired by Taylor Swift's re-recordings. And I'm going to put out those two books later this summer. And so that's obviously going to be very much still in line with like responding to, um, to a bad reputation. But I, after that, I think I'm going to, I have an idea for the next, I know what two books I'm going to write after that. And mm, they are totally about different things and I'm very excited for them. But, um, you know, secretly is something that I think about with just sort of like making more content about Natalie is that I, the competitive part of me knows that like she doesn't have the innate um, like intuitive sense for branding and marketing and PR that I do. It's just not one of her strengths. She's a better, way better editor than I am. Like, holy shit. Like <laughs> number one regret of her not in my life is that like, she can't edit anything. Cause she is, she's a better editor than she is a writer. Like she's really phenomenal. But, um, I just know that if I attach by expanding the Caroline Natalie dynamic, it puts us both into a hole, but it's a hole only I know how to climb out of and I want to leave her there um to just sort of like you know lie in the bed she made for herself like she made those choices you want to use my name fine you'll never be able to get away from it is sort of how I feel about it oh that's so interesting it's like um you if if she's going to create her likeness and image surrounding you then it's always going to be that way yeah then it's like you know what (laughs) like then you'll never I I couldn't control whether or not she chose to use me in the first place to like elevate herself and sort of claw her way up. But I can control, um, cause my brand and like, it's just so much bigger. Like there's no Natalie Beach lore or like cinematic universe, you know, like it's all like Caroline Calloway lore. And yeah. And so I just, you know, I just, want her to, um, think, I want her to think twice about, you know, ever using another person the way she used me. I'm curious, you know, you, you write so much about this intense desire for other people to like you and to be affirmed and (laughs) sort of like that, that, and and it's so relatable. Like, I I think everybody has that, you know, underlying thing, wanting, wanting to be liked, wanting to be, you know, kind of prized. Do you feel that still is that still something that you experience and with you know the the people that are naysayers of you or dislike you from an internet perspective like how do you handle that with kind of working in tandem with this intense desire to be like you know um I wish more people talked about it because I feel like such a fucking freak of nature saying that I want to be liked like I just don't think that people yeah I just that's really nice of you to say that. And thank you because I don't think everyone else is as brave as you. I don't usually, I usually get questions. It's more like, huh, like, have you always wanted to be liked you specifically just you? Like, have you always known this about yourself? Cause implying that like, you know, it's a very unusual thing to feel. Um, so thank you for making me, making me feel less alone in it. But, um, you know, I had this Reddit 
that honestly, bro, I cannot even tell you how much this Reddit has like terrorized my life and just like brought me to the brink of suicide multiple times. Everything from like calling the cops on me to just like posting like, like drawings of the layout of my house, just like creepy things. And it always used to really bother me for years. This has been going on. And just this past fall, I did this documentary um, for Vice. It's just a little 20 minute thing. Honestly, I did it for the money so that I could just buy myself groceries. They gave me like 10 grand. And my best friend from Oxford got to direct it. And so they paid for us to like eat seafood in Florida together for a week, which was really the best way to make 10 grand that I could imagine at the time. And as part of it, we called up these Redditors. We like got a burner phone number, like downloaded an app on a phone for uh, like to just get a burner number, posted the number on the Reddit. And then the documentary ended up only being like 21 minutes. So a lot of this was cut, but we spent three days nonstop just calling these people. And uh, I must've talked to like 200, 300 people. I mean, it was non-fucking-stop. And I thought one of two things was going to happen when these people picked up the phone. I thought either they were going to be, like, weirdly effusive and, like, try to, I don't know, like, suck up to me. Or I thought that, you know, I'd answer the phone and, like, they'd already be shouting, like, verbal abuse. Like, they'd just be so fucking just full of contempt for me. And what actually happened was neither of those things. And I was really taken aback by it, which was that, like, I would say out of 298 out of 300 people that I talked to, all wanted to talk about themselves. Like, they they just wanted to tell me about their problems and, like, what was going on in their lives. And it just, it really, really helped me process the internet hate because it, it just it finally like clicked for me in a really like up close personal way that, you know, these people hating me when it's like in a performative communal community building sort of way that it's like, it's really not about me. It's really about like, and it's not even for like what, you know, people see in me as like some sort of like Rorschach, inkblot test it really is just like a way for them to like find community and that these people are lonely and that they want to they they just want to talk with other people about anything and in my most peaceful zen moments I now think you know what if calling me fat or a liar or the worst writer whoever lived helps them do that. So be it like just, you know, life is hard and it's hard enough without being lonely and I should just let these people have at it. And in my most difficult moments, it still makes me feel like the world would be a better place without me, but that's how I deal with it now. I honestly just, I just try to remember that it's a form of like community for them and I should just, you know, in my best moments, I have the grace to just let them have that. Yeah, that's it's like a reminding yourself that they're just projecting onto you. Yeah, and you it, just happen to be the topic. Yeah, I, I, you know, I used to think it was more about projecting, but I actually think it's like less projecting and more about them just like finding for like less about projection and more about connection. Like they just like want to connect with other people and be like feel unified by something. And I think it's like, I think it's that, but, um, I'm definitely going to use, um, connection, not projection on a, on another podcast someday. That was very clever for on the, on the spot thinking, but wait, I have, I have a, a question for you. Yes. What, what this relationship, your book of essays obviously was true. You weren't just doing like essays about a main character. It was your life. Yes. Yes. Amazing. What happened to this relationship? It's, it's about a series of things. So it's not just one, but I would say like several. And it's just, I think in in a similar way to your book, just a lot of honesty about like how I handled relationships throughout 
my life up until this point and both friendship and like romantic relationship, my relationship to myself. And, and it's very much so in a similar vein to your writing as well about this intense desire to be liked and adored and specifically the, the ways in which male validation sort of consumed me and kind of like getting out of that and freeing myself from that. Um, so it's not really just one relationship, but I think several, which I would say is probably similar to the way that you write. I cannot wait to read your book. And are you dating men now? Or like, how, how did you get over the male validation thing? I'm in a relationship now. Um, so that's good. Um, it was definitely like a long process. And I think I'm sure as you know, just like a lot of, I think maturing had a big part in it. And then also just once the realization came that I was so reliant on male validation, it was sort of this like reintroducing myself to myself in a way and like getting to know myself as somebody that doesn't allow herself to take any male validation, like removing it totally in order to like find a healthy balance. And I feel like, as you know, it's a long process, something that I'll probably always be working on too. Totally. You know, something, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I'm so confused right now about my own sexual orientation. I feel like I'm just like, I have so little to add because I'm just like in such like uh, a point of my life of like, I don't know, figuring it out right now. I love that I can talk to someone who's like heavy on the lessons and like what they have learned instead of someone who's just in the in the thick of the mess of just macheting through the jungle of self-discovery right now, figuring it out. We need to have both. It's a, it's a balance. Well, I'm so glad. Are you, if you're this wise at 24, God, I cannot wait for the books you put out at 31. They're going to be, it's going to be straight self-help books. Just like absolute <laughs> Oprah vibes. Yes. Just full, full Glenn and Doyle Melton, untamed sort of energy. That would, be, that would be the dream. And I feel like every Glenn and Doyle needs like an Eve Babbitts. And that's how I see you. Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, I, few things have like touched me more than the Eve Babbitt's comparisons in recent weeks. It really, it's for someone who just wants to be liked. I'm like, so you're saying I'm popular. (laughs) You're saying, uh, so you're saying you like me. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you talk about this openly though, because I, were you popular as a kid? I was not. No, 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 no. me neither. I think that's what it comes from. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, Caroline, I have one more question about your book, but I need to know if you like astrology in order to ask it to you. Um, you know, I, 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 I go through, I go through phases with astrology. Honestly, one month I will read my fucking horoscope and I will plan my month around those fucking lunar cycles. And then another month I won't check on it at all. Oh, thank you so much. My friend Ian just said, hi, now you're in a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, sorry. I'm out here at, uh, for the viewers at home, the reason that there are fireworks going off in parking lots next to me and my friend saying hi to me is that I just moved into a new condo and my life has been so busy, I don't even have fucking Wi-Fi. So to record this episode, I had to come to, like, my near, my local outdoor cafe to, like, use their Wi-Fi to make this, uh, to record this podcast. But, um, what, sorry, what were we talking about? Ian totally. We were just talking about, I wanted to know if your book had, a, had an oh, astrological oh, sign, I'm, which I'm, one you would place onto it. Oh, absolutely. I know the answer to this. Um, even though I'm going through a month where I just haven't had time to read my horoscope at all, I am a quintuple Sagittarius. It's, um, sun, moon, rising, Mars, and Mercury. So I would have to say that my book is probably a quintuple sag as well. I love that. rising, Mars, and Mercury. I love that. That's powerful. That is powerful. Honestly, I like don't believe in astrology sometimes, but all of the time when I tell people my astrological signs, it makes them believe in astrology. Do you know seriously. what I mean? <laughs> no, seriously, it does. They're like, you and are a quintuple sag. No, I, I feel that from you. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> and can you tell us where we can find the quintuple Sagittarius book scammer and, and where people can yes. find you if they're not already connected? Nowhere that books are sold. This book is available. Let me repeat. Nowhere that books are sold. If you walk into a store and you see books, 
that's going to be your number one indicator that you're in the wrong place to buy Scammer. It's for the first uh, printing of limited luxury first editions. It's only available at carolinecalloway.com. And it comes with this gorgeous like marble end paper from Italy and satin ribbons and custom packaging and stationery and a custom bookmark and an ex libra stamp. And it's very lovely. And hopefully one day your grandchildren will sell it at auction for at least $1,000. I'm thinking minimum. Like if Eve Babbitt's first editions are going for, you know, 30K nowadays, like when they're signed, Hopefully I'll be able to scrape a thousand in generations to come. But, um, and you can find me on Instagram, um, at Carolyn Calloway. And, you know, I'm actually going to try to, I'm also on TikTok at, at Caroline Calloway. And I've been meaning to start up my TikTok again now that I'm doing book promotion. So, but don't we'll hold you your there. breath on that. You, you, you'll <laughs> see me on your for you page eventually. Yes. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on. It was just an honor to, to chat with you. And I can't wait to finish my personal reading of Scammer. I can't wait for, to read. You didn't know you needed this. I'm going to text you my address right now. Please do. Thank you so, so much. And thank good luck so with your much. move and your Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, my God. Truly. I Please, please pray for, for my Wi-Fi. It's, it's a struggle not having it, as you can imagine. Sensing good vibes. <laughs> book promotion has been but thank you again so much for having me and i'm so happy to make a new friend yes yes thank you bye